Tis the season to enjoy fresh crop that's just landed and the Bolivians are here. So here's another one for you. Strap in for El Fuerte Bourbon. My name is Steve Layton and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So this week is Bolivia El Fuerte Wash Bourbon. Um, now that comes from the town of Carinavi, and Carinavi for me is the center of Bolivian coffee production. It's got fertile soils, it's got beautiful mountains, um, and has given Bolivia the potential to produce wonderful tasting, delicious coffees that I love. Um, El Fuerte is named in honor of the Fort of Samapatia, um, which is the, the, a unique ruin in Bolivia. Um, it's also, uh, so its full name is El Fuerte del San Patea, uh, but it's also known as El Fuerte, and I can't say San Patea, so I'm going to just say El Fuerte. Um, and it's one of the archaeological sites of UNESCO, uh, like a World Heritage Site, and it's a really popular uh, tourist destination. Whenever they're naming farms, they're looking for things that are fun, but also have a, a story behind them. Um, it was generally considered that this was a, a pre uh, Colombian religious site uh, built by the Chane um, and pre-Inca culture. So both Incas and Chanes have used to suffer raids from uh, the Guarani warriors who invaded from time to time. Uh, eventually the Guarani uh, warriors conquered the plains uh, and valleys of Santa Cruz uh, and dominated the region. Um, when the Spaniards abandoned the settlement, um, they moved to a nearby valley where uh, the town of San Patia um, is currently located, but the El Fuerte archaeological site um, still remains and is unique. It still has buildings and it has all of the different influences of the people who have inhabited it at different times, so the Chanes, Incas and the Spaniards. <clears throat> um, so it's owned by the um, uh, Rodriguez family um, that own uh, Buena Vista, which is a mill, um, and they used to source coffee from producers all over the area, um, and that was their job. They didn't have farms. But because of the decline of coffee production in the area, it put the economic uh, viability of the mill at risk. Um, so uh, that's where they decided that they weren't just gonna sit on their hands and watch it decline. So they started to buy farms like El Fuerte, um, and they also have Los, Alas uh, Los Alasitas, and they, um, Don, Pe Don Carlos, and all these other ones. And it's a model that's built on three pillars. So economic, social, and environmental. And it's really important for them that they kind of look after all of those things. It's also introducing work into the area of people. As they saw their farms uh, fail, you know, they've employed farm managers, they've got people picking, they've got people looking after the lands. Um, and they've also got people caring and harvesting, you know, processing the beans. Um, and uh, it's really meant that they've been able to take control of their own, uh, own destiny. Um, they have lots of varietals on there like Bourbon, Long Breeze, Geishas, all of those things. Um, El Fuerte was uh, the first coffee farm that they have in San Patia. Um, and it was really just about focusing purely on specialty coffee. Um, so quick rundown, it's from Bolivia. Um, it's nearest city is Santa Cruz. Has an altitude of 1450 to 1700 meters above sea level. It's a red Bourbon and it's fully washed. So um, yeah, interesting farm. Okay, I like snozzers. I don't care if you don't. I like getting my nose in a bowl. So for this one, there's, there's lots of aromas in there. 
it's a very complex coffee, but there's one that just jumps out at me. There's one that you can't get away from, and it's marzipan. Um, maybe because Christmas wasn't so long ago um, that I've still got marzipan stuck in my head, but it really does smell of marzipan. It's super sweet. Um, try it. Try it at home. So this week I thought I'd talk about something that's really nothing to do with this coffee, but it's to talk about coffee roasting. And I'm gonna talk about endothermic and exothermic reactions. Endothermic is something that happens during the warm-up stage. Um, so during the initial parts of the roast, you're applying lots of heat and uh, the bean is sucking up all of the heat uh, and making moisture come out of the bean and to dry it out. Um, and that happens over a period of time. Uh, you will get some aromas during this stage, which would be kind of like wet hay, kind of grass, uh, like toasted grain kind of smells. And then the bean starts to change colour. Um, it starts going to, from green to like a tan, light brown. And this is called the Mallard reaction. Uh, Mallard reaction is uh, key to the coffee turning to the colour we expect it to be, that brown colour. Um, and it's the same kind of reaction that happens when you're cooking meat um, or if you're toasting those grains and things. You know, you're, you're changing the colours, but also changing the chemical structure of the bean. And at this point, this is where a lot of the sweetness is developed um, in the coffee. Uh, exothermic reaction, uh, or referred to as first crack, um, up until this point, the coffee has been endothermic, so it's been sucking in heat. Um, the first crack, what happens is the opposite happens. It forces the bean apart and generates heat and becomes exothermic. So actually it's giving off heat at this point. Um, and that's when the bean reaches a temperature of around about 200, 210 degrees C inside the bean. Um, it expands. There are many chemical changes happening there at this point and inside uh, structure starts to kind of change but also the silver skin on the outside or the chaff kind of becomes off um, and the coffee starts to release carbon dioxide. Uh, pyrolysis at this point is occurring and will continue through to second crack if you want to go there which I never do uh, and comes darker roasted. There's a chemical change happening that can't be reversed. At that point, there's no going back. That bean is structurally changed. And if you break it down into its chemical compounds, completely different to how it started. Before first crack, the coffee is undrinkable. But from there, you're able uh, to continue to develop flavours and add things to the cup, um, which uh, give you the characteristics of the coffee. Hope that was interesting. Okay, so we're back and we're gonna taste some coffee. Uh, the El Fuerte uh, washed bourbon. And what you really get in this is melted chocolate. Not just in the taste, in the texture, the feel of it. Um, there's a little, we haven't done this for a while, little shoulder of red apple. And then on the finish, there's a real nice like almond kind of creaminess uh, on the finish. Kind of reminds me very much of... Um, a, like is it Bakewell tart that has the almonds on with the creaminess in there um it's a delicious coffee as you've come to expect on in my mug of course um and one you should try oh that's a blast from the past isn't it in my mug episode 200 look i'm so fresh-faced and full of dreams they've all been crushed and trampled now thank you for joining me please do come back again so i can have more dreams and do remember life is too short but bad coffee.